0: My dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. <laughs> Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time, for the listeners that didn't get to go, this is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. All right, Hello and welcome to a Need More Chaos edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. While memos were dispatched, only South Carolina was able to deliver. Kentucky, Maryland, Illinois, Baylor, UCLA all tried really hard, but they were unable to deliver the upheaval that the tie needed. But, you know, uh, exhale, that's okay. Alabama can still play for pride, uh, which probably itself is a message uh, that was not fully received until halftime on Saturday. In many ways, Alabama's game against uh, Austin P reminded me of the late October contest we had with Mississippi State. Certainly not a perfect 10, but a lot to like without having to look really, really hard. Uh, Alabama currently sits at 9-2 and two, and certainly a great distance away from preseason expectations. Uh, but the Tide is capable of a strong finish and probably nearly a top four finish uh, in the ranking. Again, I know we're spoiled Alabama fans. That's a great distance from preseason expectations, but truly a strong finish and a launch into the recruiting season and into the offseason as well. We're going to take off with offense, but real quick, just a little footnote, a little asterisk that we're going to circle back to hang on to the end. We've got some cool stuff that uh, uh, we'll talk to at the end, but offense, let's take a look uh, again. Lots of bells and whistles, lots of things to like, uh, 27 first downs, 527 total yards, near perfect run to pass uh, ballots, uh, 263 rushing yards, 264 uh, passing yards, a one-yard differential, uh, nearly almost right at 36 minutes of time of possession. Uh, again, lots to like. The only, you know, onlys that we might sort of characterize Uh, would be 34 points. We'd like to see more than 34 points and uh, two turnovers, and those are uh, certainly frustrating. There was a fumble and an interception. There was a special teams uh, turnover, so there was three on the day, but only two directly attributed to uh, the offense. Those are things we'd certainly uh, like to have back. If all of those offensive stats were exactly the same, but Alabama had scored 48 or 52 points. we'd feel a lot different about it and um, uh, but let's be pleased with the 27 first downs of 527 uh, yards of, of total offense. There's a capability demonstrated there uh, that certainly we can um, that we can build upon and uh, certainly just a demonstration of capability as well. Though Bryce was good, not great. He was 18 of 24, uh, which is still 75% passing, so maybe I'm even being unfair uh, in my bar, uh, in my uh, judgment there. He did have 200, 221 yards passing. We would like that above three. We love that above four. But then if that happens, you don't have the balance on the running game, and I really like having uh, north of 250 yards rushing. So it's got to come from somewhere. There's not an infinite number of yards to be had and above five, and a pretty even split, uh, I think is nice. Bryce had two touchdowns. Uh, I think, for my money, my eyes tell me he continues to lack um, uh, full arm strength. I don't think he's completely, fully healthy. I do think that he's still uh, on something of a uh, pitch count. And he alluded to maybe that not being true in his post game. Uh, but I think coach before the game in his in his pressers uh, was definitely talking about the managing of of Bryce's health and his arm and and uh, what he can do and sort of the pain tolerance and the treatment so I do think there's still some treatment there and I do think he's lost some deep uh some zip on his deep balls and just arm strength in general I just don't I don't think it's it's there necessarily I think and certainly we're hoping for Alabama's bowl game uh that we'll have a full complement of available players that that Bryce will come back and play in the game and if that happens my guess is he will have had ample time uh, between this Saturday and you know January 1st or whatever the date of the game would be, a uh, good four, five, six weeks there, that he will heal up and he'll be uh, a different version of himself. And so I would not be surprised at all if this Alabama team that did not get invited or will not be invited into the playoff uh, but could potentially uh, receive a really strong bowl bid Uh, and play, you know, a quality opponent if this Alabama team doesn't really look good in the bowl game. And I'm talking, you know, 2010 season Michigan State or 2019 season uh, against Michigan, where clearly Alabama outside of the playoffs made the statement that we probably should have been in the playoffs. And so I think with a fully healthy Bryce, a full complement of players, uh, rest, full preparation, that Alabama will make a strong statement in the bowl game. And what a spectacular finish to the season. Uh, That would certainly be given where we are and uh, the things that we have seen this season. Bryce did play into the fourth quarter. Now, I'll personally say that was a little bit uh, disappointing for me. I hope to get him out much earlier so we could see some of the other players. I know it's a function of the score and the point differential. Uh, Saban talks about playing the starters to help build depth. Depth which is both true and ironic. Uh, you're building your depth chart by, n- by not letting your second team players play. That doesn't sound right, but also get the idea of letting uh, more of your backups start to integrate in with the starters and uh, the quarterbacks as well. I think it really was more a score differential, if we're really being honest. Alabama was up uh, by 17 and half had it been – 34 at half, and we probably have wholesale changes in the third quarter. We didn't start to see that until the fourth. That was a little bit uh, disappointing. I would have liked to see uh, more of the youngsters play earlier and us build depth in, I guess, more of a conventional way uh, by letting the second and third teamers play. Uh, Again, Bryce took uh, some hits in this game. Uh, He's been injured. We know that. He's been on a pitch count. He took three sacks, quite a number of hits, and there was near a Steve Berline moment when austin p defender off the edge in fact it was a corner blitz it really just leveled bryce and, and hit him in the back and bowed him back and bryce fortunately held on to the ball but if daniel moore was a governor then uh, he would paint that up in that direction uh, milro did play he was two of four 23 yards had an interception i'm gonna be uh sort of a contrarian here i think that interception may actually bode well for the tide sort of long-term if he uh I I I think he's going to be given uh an opportunity to make the decision if he wants to continue playing quarterback or entertain another uh another position uh if he elects to continue playing quarterback it'll be at another uh institution of higher learning if he coming off this game the interception he decides you know what I really love it at Alabama and I will entertain playing another position then um then he may, he may well have a shot at sort of a running back, H-back, uh, maybe wide receiver uh, 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 opportunity. We'll see how that plays out. I'm rooting for the kid to get to do what he wants to do. Uh, I just think if it's quarterback, it's somewhere else. And um, it's my two cents. Uh, Ty Simpson, uh, he played as well as he was going to be able to play in, in the late sort of fourth quarter situation. Uh, he did get to throw the ball, and he was 2 of 2 uh, for 20 yards. So I think there was clearly <clears throat> some restraint. We wanted to see him uh, throw the ball, but I think there was clearly some re- restraint in in the offense or the style of offense that Alabama was going to run at that point in the, at that point in the game. And I, I endorse that. I completely understand that. Uh, there's there's elements to that that are good. Ty Simpson looks like a quarterback, and uh, uh, I'm going to tease uh, something we're going to talk about. You know, at the end. But uh, on the field level, he absolutely looks like a quarterback. Uh, Milroe looks like just an incredible athlete, and we see that from our TVs. We see that from the stands. But at the field level, Ty, level, uh, Ty Simpson just looks like uh, a quarterback. There's just no doubt about it. Let's talk about uh, other components of the offense. Jace McClellan had himself a day, uh, 17 carries for 156, two touchdowns. And uh it sort of baked into that it was a solid but not spectacular performance by the offensive line. We'll get to them uh, in a minute, uh, but Jace was really the storyline uh, of the running backs. Roy Dell Williams had ten carries for fifty-one. Jamarian Miller, who we've been uh, calling for, uh, he had ten carries for thirty-three. Clearly, he was running in a we're only going to run the ball uh, situation. Trace Anders came in had a pair of carries. Uh, he had two for fourteen. It was interesting that he came in uh, before Jamarian, but has significantly less carries. Uh, again, my two cents. I think that speaks to his his health, where he is. We 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 love the kid, and we love the talent that that he represents. I just don't think he has it in him uh, at this stage. Coming back from his car accident, uh, almost lost his life. Could very well have lost his life in that accident, not just his career. And so the fact that He's come back uh, to this level as a testament, Uh, always tip of the cap uh, to Trey Sanders. Uh, I think probably he's someone that that moves on, and whether that's in the form of ending his career or uh, moving on to a small school, uh, I don't know. But for me, it was telling that when he did come in, uh, he only had two carries. The running back that came in after him uh, had 10, and now Jim Ryan's the youngster. He's a true freshman uh, Trey Sanders, depending upon how you sort his eligibility, is is maybe a junior. With the COVID year, he might have three years left with the with the red shirt. Uh, we have to go back and do the math on that, but uh, I think he's had a number of years since the injury uh, to potential to to come back and uh, sort of regain uh, his uh, his form. We haven't seen it, and that hate I, I do hate that because we can go back and and I've had nothing but great things to say. Uh, by Trey Sanders. Uh, noticeably uh, di- uh, absent from the running back rundown is Jameer Gibbs. He was held out due to an ankle. Uh, there was commentary that he potentially could have played last week, uh, but he was held out, and Jace really had a, had a day uh, last week, and then Gibbs was held out this week, and uh, Jace again had uh, had a tremendous day. Uh, I think all sort of signs point to Jameer Gibbs being available to go against Auburn, uh, which I think that's a fair uh, approach for the team to take. Let's get folks healthy and um, and let's move on. That's another, if you will, parallel back to the Mississippi State game. Alabama uh, held a number of players out of that game, probably m- more pronounced on defense than offense. Uh, but that game was going into the bye, and so Saban's concept of, you know, two full weeks of rest is better than than one week, twice, uh, if you will, just the extended duration. And I know we play, Alabama plays this next week, but taking this week off for some of these players to get back to full health uh, for the Auburn game, I think, uh, I think is a conscientious decision, and uh, I think that will bode well for these individual players as well as Alabama as a whole. Uh, the tie played ten wide receivers, uh, or ten receivers, call passes. Let's say it that way. And Jermaine Burton leaps and bounds, head and shoulders above uh, the pack. He had seven carries for 128 yards, uh, two touchdowns. And I went back and read the numbers. I had made a prediction in the preseason that uh, Burton, in one year at Alabama, would would surpass his two year production totals. That he had at Georgia, and seven catches, 128 yards, two touchdowns is a strong contribution against that objective. But he's not going to make it. Uh, he had in, in two years at Georgia, he had 53 receptions uh, so far at this point in the season. He has 34. He's not going to have 20 catches against Georgia um, or Georgia and in the bowl game. But uh, he can he can make a run at it uh, if he has a couple five. Uh, or seven-yard uh or reception games. Uh, at two years in Georgia, he had a 901 uh, total offense or total yards, and he's at 503. He's not going to beat that. And uh, but what he could do, he uh, is, is he had eight uh, touchdown receptions at Georgia, and uh, he had six or he has six so far this season. Interestingly enough, he he kind of gets them in bunches. He had two against Austin P. And he had two against Utah State early in the season. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility for him to have two uh, against Auburn. And that would tie six. And then if he were to get one on the ball, or that would tie the eight, he could have one on the ball. Uh, And so he could get close to the numbers. I thought he'd pass him in flying colors. And so uh, color me me wrong there. But uh, it does uh, one game that gets him so close. It does uh, – I had a, I had a I, my thought process isn't wrong. He just uh, just didn't deliver on it, uh, which has really been the fallacy of this team. Uh, the uh, questions at wide receiver, and um, you know Burton's part of the bunch there. Uh, Jaquari Brooks, who has been emerging, I should go back and look at his numbers compared to what I thought Burton would do, uh, because that may actually be. Uh, a more interesting comparison. Ja'Cory has really come on this season and uh, has positioned himself as the number one receiver. He did only have one catch for 13 yards and left the game with something. Uh, didn't really see or hear anything uh, specific uh, about that, but uh, he left the game, did not return, and so hopefully he'll have an opportunity to get fully healthy. He's our Auburn killer. Remember last year, the uh, the final drive to come back and tie the game? Uh, it was Ja'Cory. Uh, catching that pass and so we need uh, he's our good luck charm against Auburn uh, with Cam Latou out uh, Robbie out saw a lot of action and he was able to uh, reel in a pass he had one for 11. I do think that sort of tamped down the passing game uh, Latou would have been good for five passes I would have set the over under at five passes uh, and probably a touchdown against uh, Austin P for Cam and so when you take that out the pass has got to go somewhere and so Jermaine Burton was certainly a beneficiary of that. Robbie got one catch, but uh, Cam, I think, would have had a big day uh, against uh, Austin P. And I suspect that uh, he'll be positioned to have a good day against Auburn. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Bolden, uh, he had a couple of catches. He played well. Bond had a good catch. He had a turnover. Law had a, a turnover that was on special teams. Tyler Harrell looked better. Uh, there was footage of him earlier in the season when he was really starting to get back to, to practice. and. Um, it was just the two-minute sort of practice cuts that they put out. And he looked very plodding. It looked like he was running on stilts uh, or had tax in his shoes uh, back sort of midseason. So you could tell he was not sort of in full form. And more recently, there's been video practice uh, footage released of him where he seems to run much more fluidity. Uh, he runs with much more fluidity. Looks like he's getting himself ready uh, to, to play. And so I think he's going to benefit – We'll see what the Auburn game does. It's just one more week. Uh, I think every week he gets better. Every week he gets closer to being ready to perform. Tyler Harrell uh, is a player who could really, really benefit by uh, the bowl practice and the bowl uh, game, give him another four or five weeks to uh, six weeks uh, to get ready, and he could really light up a bowl game in a way that uh, we were hoping or maybe even expected that he would do over the course of the season. And so that'd be a great way, uh, and it's certainly a weapon that no one would imagine that we have uh, if he would have burst out uh, onto the scene in a bowl game. That would be phenomenal. So that's certainly something uh, to watch out for. Certainly something, like I said, something to watch out for. Uh, Hopefully it will continue to progress. Offensive line, solid, not spectacular. Uh, The run blocking was pretty good. Obviously, we've talked about the the metrics there. Uh, Seth McLaughlin started, I believe he was identified as one of the Uh, Coaches, offensive players, players of the week. Uh, Alabama coaching staff releases, you know, five to eight guys every week, couple offense, couple defense, maybe someone special teams. And um, Seth McLaughlin made that list. So tip of the cap to um, to Seth in that regard. Uh, Tyler Steen uh, turned an ankle. Uh, He turned his ankle. It was that corner blitz on the play where uh, Bryce got hit. Uh, It was just before half. They sort of picked him up. And uh, walked him just straight to the locker room, and I thought, oh, that might be telling of the injury. But he was putting weight on it, and then, and uh, I think the next play, Alabama just took a knee. So I wasn't watching the clock as much as I was watching the injury. Uh, Reports are he's day to day. It's an ankle. Uh, He'll be back. Not a high ankle sprain, but just you know, sort of turned an ankle. Uh, I want to use the expression, uh, not not a diagnosis, but the expression you hear it a lot in basketball when the uh, you know, someone's driving the lane and makes a move and the defender sort of falls the other way. And they said, oh, he broke his ankles. We didn't literally break his ankles. He just like sort of jog, you know, juke him out of his jock. Right. And that's kind of what happened to Steen. Uh, and then he ended up getting an ankle turn. And, uh, and Bryce uh, probably didn't like the hit, but no worse for the where he was able to get back up and uh, continue playing. Uh, that's the sack that, you know, could have been a Daniel Moore. Uh, Amari Kite came in in relief of Tyler Steen. second game in a row where he's done that. And uh, he has looked uh, uh, he had more extended playing time on Saturday with Austin Peay. And I thought he looked well. Uh, I thought he looked good. And so, again, an opportunity to build upon the talent we have on this line for uh, next year. Tyler Booker continued his rotation at the guard position. We've sort of broken that down before. Won't won't do all that again. But uh, Tyler, I thought played well, and I almost want to go back and sort of graph how the running game does when he's in versus out versus which of the positions. And you know, um, I guess if I didn't have a day job, that's certainly something that that we could look at doing. But but I, my gut is the offensive line plays better uh, when Tyler's in, and probably in it left is would be my guess. Uh, again, I haven't charted it, but uh, I think that's probably what what I would guess. But I like Javin uh, Javin Cohen, and I think he's got a home somewhere on the line. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how the line sort of uh, shakes up more this off season. I don't know that we're going to make a lot of wholesale changes during the season. Uh, the, the remaining season, we might test drive some things during the bowls. We'll, during the bowl, we'll see. But they uh, think we still uh, for as. Uh, disappointing as the offensive line has been. I think there's a lot of talent there with some additional coaching. Uh, I really like Coach uh, Wolf, and so um, we'll see how that uh, develops. Again, we've got the Auburn game and the bowl game, we'll, so we'll see what happens there. Many game balls on offense. I'm going uh, Amari Kite for reasons I already uh, talked about, and uh, I'm going to give my other to Emil Ekior. Uh, there was a pull, and he just leveled uh, uh, leveled a defender. On I think what was a first down run for uh, McClellan. That's the second week in a row uh, the kite has come in in relief, and it's the second week in a row we've talked about Emileki or decleating someone uh, on a pull. So I guess those are good trends. <clears throat> good trends for uh, the offensive line. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Let's uh, flip the field to defense. Again, there's a lot of things to like. On this Alabama defense uh, Saturday against Austin Peay, pitched a shutout, uh, only allowed 206 total yards. Uh, They held Austin Peay to 3 of 13 on third down conversions, 0 of 2 on fourth down conversions, 59 rushing yards allowed. Uh, They held Austin Peay to just a shade more than 24 minutes of total uh, time of possession. Uh, the defense uh, turned in two interceptions and one fumble, so three turnovers. That's always fun. Uh, you can counter that and saying, well, you know, there was a couple of busted coverages, uh, you know, more than once. And actually, also, you could have reason that uh, Austin Peay could have been up by not up, but made necessarily. But Austin Peay, you know, could have had multiple touchdowns in the first half. There certainly was a missed field goal uh, from Austin Peay, so they should have had three. Uh, that drive could have netted in the touchdown. Uh, there's at least one more drive, and you could argue, too, if you're a little generous, that uh, Austin Peay could have had 20, 21 points going into half. Uh, but, um, you know, it's funny sometimes how we, we sort of play the result or the process, really, whichever makes our point. And we really should just always focus, you know, I, I guess on on the process. But the result here is 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 very good as well. It was a shutout. And it's hard to lose when your defense pitches a shutout. It's hard to lose when your opponent scores no points. So uh, let's talk about some individual performances. We're not going to name a whole host of characters, but uh, we'll certainly name some. Kool-Aid McKinstry, and look, I'm going to get this out of the way early. He's a mini-game ball uh, winner this week. It's an award we don't give out, but we are today. Uh, He's also the Tough Guy award winner for Alabama. Uh, McKinstry did have an interception on the day. He also was beat in coverage on uh, one of the uh, passes that we talked about. It was an overthrown ball, so uh, it sort of is out in the wash, uh, but uh, you you want to go back and work on not letting the defender, not letting the receiver uh, get so many steps away from you. But uh, during pregame warmups, and <clears throat> I don't know if they—I I don't even know if the game was broadcast or, or was broadcast or or whatnot. But uh, you know, in the stands, it may have been harder hard, hard to notice. And depending upon when people get there during warmups, uh, early in on the field warmups, um, McKinstry was drilled. Uh, by a punt so there was one action he was in one section of the end zone uh, going through his stretch routine and this was before all the team was out so these are individuals going out to do individual additional work uh, to prepare themselves and punters go out there to sort of work their leg a little bit and a handful of individual players go out for additional sort of stretching uh, and loosening up before the full-on organized warm-ups if you will. McKinstry was out there and was in some some Stretches and was holding some stretches, and a punt just came and just walloped him, hit him square in the face. And it, trainers came out and worked with him, and it looked like looked like maybe it was gonna uh, some bruising or swelling around his eye potentially. And uh, there was some some thought that he might not play. And he went; they carry you know they didn't carry him, but they took him back into the locker room. And a few minutes later, clearly they had been working on him. A few minutes later he came back out and and really just to sort of test the the brightness and how that was that was impacting. And he didn't stay out long and he went right back and was kind of shaking his head. And I you know, I turned and, and said, Hey, I don't I don't think Kool-Aid's gonna play today. And we get on into into kickoff in the game and he does play. And he ends up having a really good day as a punt returner and uh and, and he's a quality cornerback and so uh, we give a lot of credit and sort of tough guy points to uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry. And you also, with some of what Saban said in his Monday presser, you really start to think, hey, <laughs> Kool-Aid played a bigger contribution in this game than probably any of us uh, knew. Eli Ricks was still in a protocol, so he wasn't playing. Uh, Terry and Arnold was manning the other corner spot. And it turns out, who knew uh, until today that Kyrie Jackson was suspended. And so he wasn't available. And so if you've got two guys that are out, one protocol, one suspension, and uh and, and then Kool-Aid, who's I think our best corner, if he's not available uh due to an injury, you start getting, you know, five deep at corner, you know, before you even kick off the game. And it's hard to know, you know, we can look at well, who was the first corner off the bench? Would that have been uh, over the course of the game, would that have been who we played or would we have moved maybe a Malachi Moore or a Brian Branch to the corner spot? It's hard to know. I, I'm glad we didn't have to, but, uh, again, that's uh, an interesting thing that happened. Uh, there was no sort of report of it, and um, you know, probably because very few people saw it, uh, to be very candid, and uh, a coaching staff is not going to report things that uh, that they don't, need to report in that regard because uh, it just, you know, helps the other team. So maybe I should just shut up. But uh, nonetheless, Kool-Aid's a tough guy and uh, played, played well. Uh, he got turned around one time, but that happens. He otherwise played well and uh, suspect him him to come back and, and be full go uh, as we continue forward. Brian Branch had eight tackles. He had a TFL. He had an interception. It's really nice. He turned around. You know, the ball came right to him. It was a tremendous play. Uh Jaheim Otis had a really nice day, Uh, three tackles. He's a defensive lineman. He's not going to rack up a whole bunch of tackles, but he had three, uh, including contributing to a tackle for loss. Uh, that would have been on one of those short-yarded situations, and so prevented a, a first down there, maybe even a fourth down. I'd have to go back and look specifically, but uh, Otis had him a day. Deontay Lawson, middle linebacker who's rotated in for, for Jalen, dependent upon Jalen Moody, uh, sort of platooned at the position. You could argue maybe he's taken over the position. Uh, I, I think Coach would tell you we've got three starters for two positions uh, at the middle linebacker spots, and so that's his, his way of sort of not answering. Uh, but uh, he looked uh, Lawson looked really, really smooth in coverage. Uh, there was one point where I was counting the defensive backs as the play was unfolding, as the defenders were sort of streaking back uh, in coverage, and um, and I counted a dime, and then Lawson turned around, and I realized, oh, he, we're a nickel. He's a linebacker. He's in coverage, but he looks so fluid uh, and sort of in phase uh, with the route, with, the, with the, uh, the, the receiver. I think maybe it was a running back or tight end, but uh, uh, at any rate, Lawson looked really, really good, and that's why he rotates in because that's a skill set. At the, uh, at the linebacker position that we really don't otherwise have. And so uh, we have a lot of back box forward linebackers. Lawson can play box forward, but he can play box back uh, as well. And so we like to see that from Lawson. Uh, Damian Payne had a fumble recovery on a flea flicker. And so it looked like uh, the running back stepped in, turned, flipped the ball, and, uh, and it just it wasn't accurate to the quarterback. And so it sat there on the ground. Damian, uh, Damian Payne pounced on it and sort of rolled up and curled in around it and just daring someone to take it away from him. There was a tremendous amount of celebration uh, when he got back up. Damian's a youngster. And so uh, the other uh, sort of upperclassmen, uh, other linemen on the on the field, uh, really had a, a moment celebrating with him. Uh, Damian Payne looked like he was doing a Fred Stenford kind of dance, sort of flailing his arms. For him, I guess that was the big one, and then went over to the sideline when they handed him the belt, and he stood up, and there was a really sort of ruckus cheer uh, when that happened. So a lot of celebration for Damian Payne, uh, which was awesome. Another point I want to make: it didn't hurt us. It wasn't on a drive where uh, certainly where Austin P scored, and it wasn't on a drive that sustained Austin P's ability to uh, to set up for the field goal, which which they missed. Uh, in fact, it was on a play. Uh, it was on a drive. Or two plays later, uh, Austin P. punted, or I'm sorry, uh, threw an interception. Uh, but still, you gotta you gotta know. Uh, talking to Malachi Moore, you gotta know uh, he did not learn the lesson from Dallas Turner last week. That if you rip off an opponent's helmet, uh, you don't. It's not a souvenir. You don't get to take it home. And so Dallas uh, took off a helmet last week and had to give it back. And Malachi Moore, he really tried to take off a helmet uh this week and he got flagged for the face masking. It's not a souvenir, don't grab it. And uh the other the other team gets to keep it, uh, even if you do strip them of it. Uh let's take a look at special teams. All right, <clears throat> Manuel Henderson. I'm gonna tell you, buddy, I know you're new around these parts. Maybe you haven't heard us talk about this, but they give you the ball on a kickoff, uh, fair catch signal. They give it to you on the 25. And so that is a 25% discount on all kickoff receiving merchandise. So, 25% discount. All you got to do is wave your hand, catch the ball, don't run. Uh, certainly, don't take it out of the end zone when you're deep in the end zone. Uh, again, it's 25% off the uh, cost of the 100 yard field. So, something to keep in mind there. Uh, punk coverage, um, talking to you too. Um, key on your guy. Key on. returner if he waves his arm to fair catch then get the hell out of dodge stop running run away get to the sideline get off the field whatever it is don't be in the vicinity of the ball where it can hit you and uh as a result of not doing that kendrick law this is a stat i can get behind right uh kendrick law who just let a ball uh bounce up and hit him was credited with a negative two-yard return. I can get behind that stat uh, because it's reflective of, of what happens. When someone returns the ball out of the end zone and gets it to the nine, that should be a negative. Do the do the math on that. That should be a negative 16-yard kickoff return. That's, we don't yet have that instituted, but um, I guess we'll keep fighting the good fight here. Uh, Will Anderson was two of two on field goals, uh, a long of 30. I think that's good. That's reflective of Alabama moving the ball and maybe just stalling out, but close to the end zone. And uh, those would have been nice to have those, you know, eight more points to go on with uh, with the score it would have been nice. Uh, Riker was 4 of 4 on his PAT, so he netted 10 points on the day. That's good. James Burnup had one punt for 46 yards. Uh, you'd like in a game like this maybe to not have to punt, uh, but one is, is you know, not too terribly bad, and 46 is is, uh, is good as well. Kool Aid, we talked about having a part yard, uh, a part return. He had a 10 yard return. And it seems like that's been his, <clears throat> his first uh, part return in almost nearly forever. Uh, so it was good to see him uh, sort of shake and bake a, a little bit there. Uh, next up, we've got the Iron Bowl, and uh, Auburn visits Tuscaloosa. And so we're certainly looking forward to that. I think this is my prediction. And I'm not going to go really super deep into the player and personnel and all that stuff. But I this just feels like a statement game for Alabama. Alabama, I don't think, has really had one uh, this season. And I think they need to plant their foot and make a full, firm, positive statement uh, for the season. The stamp of approval, if you will, on this season. And Saturday not only is just the next opportunity for that but it's one hell of a fine opportunity for that. And so I I expect everyone, but, you know, Justin Boyby and and Des Moines Kennedy who are out for the year, both, uh, I expect everyone else to be back, healthy, ready to go, ready to contribute. And uh, I envision this as a 40 to 10 style game. Uh, I think that uh, Alabama gets it right on offense and defense and, um, And, you know, Auburn has some moments, but uh, not enough to rise up and sort of be a threat on the day. Now, that's what we got for uh, sort of our traditional sort of podcast, uh, breaking down the game, breaking down the opponent, such as we do. I did promise that there was a little bit sort of extra, something extra. And uh, and so I'm going to spend just a minute. Just a minute on this, uh, just you know, sharing an experience that that some of us had, and uh, and welcoming just everyone that's listening to get in on this, right? Uh, participate, uh, participate with us. And so we've talked about uh, the support team, and so uh, you know, this podcast we're not running a profit here. There's you know, there's that's there's no risk of that happening, and so we say, hey, you know, for a few extra bucks to help us sort of offset or defray. Uh, the cost of, you know, putting this together, uh, sign up and it's, it's $18 a year, which guys even kid me that you could charge three times that much and we would still, you know, pay it. Uh, and, or you just do during the season and it's $2 a month. And so it's $18 a year. So it's cheaper than if you did two months a year, sort of two months, $2 a month all year. And so you kind of like get the summers for free and you can set up on auto. And so it's sort of auto and it's so like silly, super simple. And um, and it takes like three or four, uh, three memberships to almost pay for hosting on one show, (laughs) the editing on one show. So again, there's no risk of, of anyone making a profit here. It's just offsets. But anyway, sort of the point of that is we we have that group in that group, we call it the support team. That group has access to a Zoom call. And we get together. We try to do like a Zoom tell. Someone call it a Zoom tailgate or a pregame, a virtual tailgate, which is pretty awesome. I like that. And so typically, if it's an away game, uh, we do it on Thursday nights. If it's an Alabama home game, we'll do it. Um, no, no. If it's an Alabama home game, we'll do it Thursday nights for the because I typically will go on Saturdays. Uh, and so I can't do a call Saturday morning. If it's in a way, then uh, we'll do it uh, Saturday morning, and then we're gonna do one, and then we do it a couple other times a year, uh, whatnot. Just sort of getting together. And so we've got a support team that's however many people are are on the support team, and then us, and then everyone on the support team has access to uh, to be on what we call the Zoom team. Uh, and so it's just a feature of being a supporter. Some people take advantage of that feature, some don't. And so we have like the support team. We've got all the listeners that we love, everybody. And then we've got the support team and then we've got the Zoom team. And <laughs> we've, we've sort of carved out what we're now going to call the travel team, which is a subset of even the Zoom team. And so what does that mean? What it means is we had sort of our first full-scale meetup in Tuscaloosa uh, Saturday for the Austin P game. And so we kind of had the run of the town because it's a smaller game and, and such, and tickets were easier to get, and getting all tickets together or was easy to easy to do. We had some, we had, I think we had about nine total, ten total. Most came all and all and sat together in the stadium. Uh, some were there with other friends and family, and so came and met met us either at the game or uh, one of the places that we were out and about uh, in town. And I'm gonna tell you, it was a phenomenal experience. We did uh, a group of us got to town on Thursday and we did the hate coach with Bryant museum. We went to a cigar shop. We did dreamland. Uh, we did five, which is you know probably one of my uh, favorite restaurants in Tuscaloosa. We had the Palmas. We had sessions, Nacho Alabama came and met us at sessions. And so we had him come and talk to us and tell us a little bit about sort of his uh, backstory, uh, sort of his uh, origin story. And we're going to have an interview with him and, And uh, the offseason, we'll spend some time with that. I think we had about 10 bottles of bourbon. We all got together. uh, A lot of us got together at an Airbnb and hung out. And we had about 10 uh, bottles of bourbon that that we were enjoying from uh, Fire Pit. Uh, We live streamed a Texas high school football playoff game because one of the guys on the Zoom team is a coach, is a high school coach in Texas. And so his team was in the playoffs. And so he couldn't be with us, but we were with him. By virtue of the magic of uh, YouTube and live streams and such, we uh, uh, we scored on-field passes, and so we were rotating passes uh, amongst the group, and so we got to be on the field before the game and see all the pageantry and orchestration of the game. And one of the coolest things, amongst so many, one of the most interesting things was was seeing people that you you know who they are, and you're seeing them real live in in person, and and it was interesting to see that Alabama had. Probably five or six or seven uh, coaches and/or analysts watching Austin P. warm up, and they were all defensive. Sal Censuri was over there. Todd Grantham was over there. Others that, given long enough, I probably could figure out uh, who they were. But it was interesting the brain trust that Alabama had watching the opponent uh, warm up, and so so and so looks faster in and out of his breaks than, than we thought, or this guy's not nearly as fast as we thought, or he's so-and-so's got a hitch in his giddy-up. And so just really milking the last bit of knowledge and information uh, to go back to carry into the locker room, to share with the players, and to inform uh, play calling. I thought that was uh, very, very interesting. Probably on the other side of the field, there were players watching. Uh, we, I was watching the defensive guys watch the offensive, probably on the other side of the field. There were offensive uh, analysts, sort of scouting, doing that last-minute scouting for for the defense, for the Austin B defense. So I thought that was that was phenomenal. It truly was. You may hear this uh, the expression something being being more than the sum of its parts. And this experience uh, that uh, that we all uh, had and shared was truly more than the sum of its parts. Uh, all of the individual components were a lot of fun, but melding it all together. Uh, was certainly quite uh, an experience, uh, certainly a new group of best friends, you know, getting to hang out. And I don't say that to, to brag. I say that to entice uh, because this was I don't want to say random, uh, but these are guys that listen to the podcast. And when we all had an opportunity. Hey, you know, support the show. They jumped in and we said, hey, we're going to do these Zoom calls. And they jumped in and we said, hey, we're going to maybe do this other thing. And they jumped in. And uh, it was all a function of saying, heck, yeah, I want to do that. And so if any of that is interesting to you, then you have the opportunity to say, heck, yeah, I want to do that. And gosh, for two dollars a month, I have an opportunity for all of this to sort of open up for me, which is w- worth a lot more uh, in terms of the friendship and camaraderie uh, or $18 a year. And, and you can join the group that laughs at me for uh, only charging uh, that much for it. At any rate, it's phenomenal time. And, uh, we would love to double the amount, triple the amount of people that are on the zoom calls and, uh, you know, opting in to participate in uh, some of these things. So put that out there. Uh, it was a phenomenal experience. We'll probably, I'll probably put together some of the pictures and, and post them on the website. Probably need to get some permissions from some of the guys, but, uh, we took some really fun photos, really had some good times. And, uh, it really sort of inspired me to think of like four or five, um, operate order of operation style interviews uh that we could do maybe in the off season so um hopefully that time sort of inspires us to uh to do something like that which is just more content that everyone gets to enjoy so anyways we've done sort of commercials we've done like ads on on, uh on on sort of the support group and so that was like a feature film if you will uh on the support group but definitely um not trying to do a hard sell, but just trying to say, gosh, if you're not in on this, like this might be really something you'd want to be on. I would be the guy. I would be the person that would be the lagger. I went out with a girl. This is so long ago. And uh, she worked in the uh, music sort of industry is sort of interning while she was in school. And we were talking about albums and music and stuff. And, and I said, well, I never buy an album until I've heard two or three of the songs. And, and, and I realized, Oh, I like the music. So I'm going to go get the, all, uh, album. And she goes, oh yeah, in the industry, we call you a laggard. And I was like, well, okay. Because you you don't buy it not knowing, you don't buy it until you know. Um, and so I thought, well, yeah, that's me. That's who I am. And uh, and so this whole sort of support thing, uh, I would be a laggard. And, and, and I just said, that's what I would be. And so I would not probably even have an interest until after hearing about something like this. And so if that's who you are, that's awesome because you're my people. And so, um, if you have any questions, any level of interest, uh, definitely reach out. alabamafootballpodcast.com dot on the website. There's ways to reach me, uh, direct, uh, at gmail.com. And we will answer every single question. We absolutely can about this and just Alabama football in general, because we love getting questions and, uh, sort of rolling those up into content. All right. I've rambled enough. We're going to pull the plug on this. This has been, say it with me, another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters t-shirts free roster downloads and of course on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide got that coach of course roll tide